Here is your Radio Theater Channel weekly podcast for download. The RTC still has the very best old-time radio on the live streaming. And if it's music you love, tune in to the RTC Music Channel, where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradiolisten.com. Now, here's Jim. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on this, the REN Weekly Download. And we have a download of stars for you. We'll start off with... Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall on Bold Venture and Spanish Gold. And that'll be followed in 30 minutes by Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life. It's a fun show, so let's get started. Bold Venture. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Bold Venture. Once again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. Now in Havana, there is a small hotel. From here to there, they come pell-mell. No elevators or curtains of lace. It's known all over as Shannon's place. <laughs> you like that, Mr. Slate? Oh, sure do. Do you have another verse, King? Every time, Miss Sailor. Look, we've got work to do. If you don't mind, I'd like to get on with it. Right now, we mind. King's in a singing mood. Go ahead, King. Mr. Shannon, he run this small hotel. He man who like Havana so well. He would rather starve in this city than have a million dollars in Cincinnati. <laughs> Thanks, King. Now it's your turn, Whit. Go ahead. Well, we've been sitting here for three hours now talking about it. All I'd like you to do is say yes or no. What'd I say, sailor? Yes or no? Well, I'd like it. It's a thing I've always wanted to do. If you want my opinion, Mr. Slate... Sure. I've heard stories like this before. Spanish gold. Nothing ever happens. Down in the barrio, secret treasure maps get sold all day long. I know the man who draws them. The man just made a point, Whit. I beg your pardon, then, and yours, too. Because I'm not making myself clear. Look, I have nothing so tangible as a map. All I have is this knowledge that on the island in Flamingo Cay, there is Spanish gold. And this you learned in college. <laughs> That's right. Now, you people don't have to smile about it. Mr. Cheney and I are serious. That's why he sent me to you. You don't have to smile. I wasn't smiling. Thank you, Mr. Val. Let's see the charts again. <laughs> sure, sure, Mr. Cheney. Now, look. See? Your boat could make it easily right along the banks, eh? Uh, here. Here's Flamingo Cay, about 30 small islands. Now, this one. Here, here's one. Due south of Exmouth Sound. Here's a nickel slate. Yeah. Heads we go, tails we don't. Tails. Tails we don't. I said two out of three. <laughs> That's right, you did. Heads. One more. Heads. 
heads we go. We'll start in the morning. Wait about six. Oh, that's swell, swell. I'll see you then, huh? Uh, I don't think I'll be able to sleep. You won't be sorry. Take it easy, boy. Wait. Uh-huh. Did he bite? <laughs> I learned a word for his type in college. Sucker. I'm gonna tell you something, Joe, just between you and me. All right. I feel good. I feel good all over. Well, I'm glad for you. Yeah, that's a feeling I like. All that loot just waiting for me. For both of us. For both of us. You're a greedy boy, Whit. That's what makes you so useful. But you'll remember something, Whit. Anything you ask me, I'll remember. Anything you tell me, I'll remember. That's good, because it's my party I call the dance. You won't forget now, college boy. <laughs> Joe, tell me more about yourself. Tell me again how a man like you comes on a dream like this. Yeah, I had me a boat once. I tore the insides out of it on a coral reef in Flamingo Cay, and I got ashore. It is like you said, the stuff that glinted on the beach wasn't just sand. You make me young again, Joe. It just lay there teasing me, pirate's loot whispering to me in the sun. Then a shadow come over, a guy and his wife. Mr. and Mrs. Mark Bryan? Yeah, uh -huh, college boy, Mark Bryan and his wife. He told me the island belonged to them. He told me don't touch. He told me fix your boat and go away. I went away. But he won't do that to us again, will he? Uh-uh, college boy. And our sucker, Slade Shannon. And that pretty dream hangs on him. <laughs> what do we do with them, Joe? We use them. Then we lay a Spanish doubloon on their foreheads so they shine in the sun. So the seagulls can find them. <sighs> Thank you, Joe. I can sleep now. I hope you're a good navigator, Shannon now Don't worry about it That college boy, Whit, he looks worried And he's got an education The bold venture's gotten through barrier reefs before Hey, look, Cheney, why don't you trail your feet in the water, light a cigarette, or spit into the wind, the things people are supposed to do on a boat? Well, you're a good sailor, Shannon. Look at that island. That's pretty, huh? All that loot, and all you have to do is tie up at that pier. It's pretty small. I'll make it. Five feet here, Slade. Shannon. Yeah? It's not a whole lot of room between the bottom of this boat and that coral. Quarter less five. Showing off, Slade. Four. Easy. Ah, yeah, that does it. We'll tie up here. Maybe. Huh? Look what we got, a committee standing on the beach. It's got a gun, Cheney. What is this? What it is is Mark Bryan and Ms. Bryan looking as red-headed as usual. Sailor! Sailor, come here! What is it, Slate? I'll make her fast. I'm going calling. Hey, that looks like a shotgun the man's holding. He couldn't miss with it if he tried. Just make her fast, sailor. Hello. Get out of here. Your name Brian? You're Mrs. Brian. My name is Slate Shannon. Hello, Slate Shannon. Get back on your boat and get out of here. I've counted four on your boat. We can put you up. We're lousy with bamboo shacks. I weave them in my spare time. You've come for the gold. 
It's dug up and put away. I didn't say anything about gold. Who are you trying to fool? That man, him, standing on the pier? Don't you think I know him? <laughs> Joe Cheney. Why don't you just listen for a minute? Listen? You listen. What do you think I... Oh! Brian. Oh, Crazy college punk. Shot my husband. What do you know? Someone finally called Mark's bluff. Pick him up, um, Mr. Shannon. As I said, I've got accommodations for everybody. Oh. Sorry, Mr. Bryan. Uh, it's all right, my boy. I don't expect you to mend me without some hurt. One more twist of bandage and you... Oh. You know, you're good, Slate. If I'm ever shot in the shoulder, if I'm ever hurt, remind me to call you. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, two weeks and you'll have your shoulder back, Mr. Bryan. Yeah, you want me to be grateful? Shall I kiss the hands that heal me? I think we could bear it. Uh, don't misunderstand me, you two. It's only that for me, the difference between living and dying is very slight. I rather wish your friend had potted me into eternity. I'll go get your wife, Mr. Brown. No, no. No. Leave her there with her newfound excitements. Two new men. That can make Lucy very happy. See? This occasion is a rare delicacy for Lucy. Life with me on my island bores her. It's bored her for 12 years. You could have taken her away. Anywhere in the world she wanted to go. And maybe she'd be with you on your head. You mean the gold? The gold you and your friends are so hungry for? <laughs> You're quite right. I could have used it for that. But I have no taste for it. Then this wasn't a college boy's fairy tale. There is gold here. Mr. Bryan? Enough to make all men kneel at your feet, Miss Duval. I need gold for that, Slate? You heard what the man said. Then listen more to what I say. This is your fee for probing in my shoulder, for trespassing on a world I meant to keep for myself. Wash up, Slate. Get your money and let's get out of here. Not money, Mr. Val. A suggestion. I suggest you and Mr. Shannon take your friends and get off my island. I suggest you forget its existence. I suggest you will never find what you're looking for. <laughs> Except that. Except the sound of death. Good night, you two. Sleep well. You done good, college boy. You impressed Miss Bryan, I could tell. <laughs> Redheads and me, Joe, there's an affinity. I tell her the things I'd do for a girl like her if only I had money, so she whispers in my ear where her husband hid the loot. The other side of the island. Take it, she says. It's yours. And now you go to work on Miss DeVal, that sailor girl, huh, where? Hide someplace where you can watch me, Joe. It'd be a revelation to you. I couldn't live without it. You're on your own, college boy. Now, don't louse it. She'll love every minute of it. Goodbye, Joe. Oh, it's you. I thought you it... You have the look of a girl who's sorry she's alone, Mr. Val. As if you were waiting for someone to knock at your door. <laughs> but not me. Right again. Not you. Uh, Mr. Shannon. Slate said he wanted to look around the island. 
Maybe you'll go find him for me. Uh, no. We've had a nice chat. Good night. You dislike me for shooting Mr. Bryan? I'll find other reasons. Give me time. Anything you ask, Mr. Val. I thought that if you're really tired of being alone, we could go for a walk. Tropic moon, the surf. Sometimes a girl wants things like that. Go beat on another shack, college boy. I've got strong sales resistance. Even with this gun in my hand? It could shoot your resistance full of holes, Mr. Val. It could. Why don't we walk, Mr. Val? You and I. Sailor! Sailor, get decent and open the door. I thought maybe you'd like to walk... Walk right in. Huh? Walk right in, Shannon. Don't ever argue with a 45. Walk. Good. Turn around, Shannon. What did you do with Sailor? Bite your lip, kid. Bite it hard. You stay unconscious too long, Shannon, you rot. Come on. Come on, Slate. Oh, you'll have to do better than that. What the... Open your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, Help me up. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Where's Sailor? In the boat. I guess she's in the boat. Look out the window. Huh? Yeah. Hey, the boat... Gone? That's right. She's in the boat. Only the boat's gone. All we have to do is dig right here. That redhead crossed me. I'll keep your sweat for the digging, college boy. It'll be here. I said dig. Maybe if he digs hard enough, it'll turn out to be his grave. <laughs> You're real funny, Mr. Val. You run a boat good, and you're real funny. What did you do to Slate? Well, did I forget to tell you? I hit him on the head with the butt end of this 45. It must have hurt him because he didn't talk back. That's what I'd done with Slate. You dig for a while, Joe. I want to tell a lady about the splendors of where we are. Little-known facts. She'll enjoy it. Do that, college boy. Maybe it'll do something for me, too. This lagoon you sail us into, Mr. Val. It's really just a saltwater lake filling up a hole that used to be a volcano. Imagine that. And all of this, this cove with these sheer cliffs all around, rising up into the sky like a cry for help. Stunning, isn't it? makes me weep, the sheer stunningness of it. And that hurricane hovering over us like a black-winged bird. But it won't touch us here. Because Mother Nature built this place so no storm could touch it. Hammers for the million things. And on the other side of the island, you're Mr. Shannon. The redhead, her husband, all at the mercy of a tropical hurricane and no place to hide. Will you cry for Mr. Shannon, oh, I, I found it, kid. It's here. Just like she said, it's all here, wrapped in an old sail. Yeah, let me look at it, Joe. Get out of the way so I can look at it. Yeah. We're through here, kid. Yeah. 
Yeah. Make the boat ready, Mr. Val. We're sailing away from this lovely place. Wrong again, college boy. What? The black-winged hurricane, remember? The one you were telling me about? Boats die in it. Even with me sailing them. Joe, she's right. We wait here till it blows away. <laughs> I don't mind, Joe. I don't mind a bit. I got the gold to keep me warm. <laughs> and the whole thing strikes you funny. Well, consider it, Shannon. Look at it the way I do and join me in a big, fat laugh. Yeah, I know. It's about your husband. You're getting a reaction from his shoulder wound. Him? Lying in our shack, drinking up all this tropical paradise? Him? Mm -mm. No, nope. You want to know what makes me laugh? I can see it from here. The moon. I can see it. A fire moon. A hurricane moon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Mrs. Bryan. It's an intimate time. Say to Lucy, I'll answer you. Where did they take Sailor? Lucy. Where did they take her, Lucy? Now we're intimate and you worry about Sailor. So help me up. You gonna hit me? Go ahead if you operate that way. Chaney and Whit put her on the boat because she can navigate out of this reef. Tell me where they went. The other side of the island. We could cuddle up, make a song out of that. That's where the loot is, isn't it? It's where I help Mark Berrien. Ah, now I know what's funny. I'll laugh at you and you laugh at me. That's one way of spending a hurricane. Maybe you're not impressed. That hurricane's really coming. Listen to me, Lucy. I didn't figure it, Shannon. Whenever someone whispers in my ear, I tingle all over. I told them where the treasure was and they ran out on me. We gotta get out of here. None of us is getting out of here. How do we get to the other side of the island? Why? What for? You've got to listen to me, Lucy. The other side of the island. We've got to get there. You know a way, don't you? It's far. We'll get your husband. He can walk. We can't leave him here. It's far. Can't be too far. It's a small island, Lucy. You miss the mood, huh, Shannon? Sure. Sure, I'll take you. All you gotta do is hold my hand. You know something, Joe? What? I'm glad we're down here, not up there. People could die up there on top of the island in that hurricane, and we don't want to die, do we, Joe? That's right, kid. I sit here and I dream of what I can do with all this loot. Makes me shudder. Sends chills down my back. Care to share it with me, Mr. Well? Maybe I would. What? Because I see you in a new light, college boy. That would be the reflection of all this gold, wouldn't it? That's part of it. Tell me, what else would there be? You, the way you are. The dark things you stir up in a girl once she gets to know you. And when did this wonderful thing happen to me? It began when you came into Shannon's place. It built when you shot Mr. Bryan. And the way you handled me when you made me bring you here in the boat. I liked it. You surprised me. How do you figure me, Joe? I don't have to, I know. Leave her alone, kid. She's got a point, Joe. It interests me. Burn up dreams, you and me, huh, Sailor? Burn them. Blow the ashes away. Start new ones. Whatever you say. Uh-huh. Joe? What's the matter with you, kid? You going crazy? Put that gun away before I slap you across the mouth with it. You won't be able to do that, Joe. I'll tell you why. Oh, oh you... Oh, oh. 
<laughs> That's why, Joe. Brush your cheek against mine, sailor. I'm in love. You okay, Brian? Yeah, you didn't have to take me. Two of you could make it faster. You lean on me. Leave him alone, Shannon. What's the matter with you? I said leave him alone. Do you love him all of a sudden? Shut up. How much further? Uh, we'll never make it. Never. Down that crater. There's a passageway that leads to the other side. Then we can... That tree! Watch out! Oh! Oh! Mark! Mark! Help me with him. Help me. No, it's no use. Help! Me with you. I can't. I, I can't budge the tree. Come on, Lucy. You can't help him. Lucy. Get out of here. Get out. You can't stay here. I did wrong, Mark. I did wrong in this happened. It's, it's my fault, Mark. It's my... He's dead. No. No, it isn't my fault. It's your fault, Shannon. Coming here with that boat. Those men. Get out. Get out, will you, and leave me with my husband. The wind's dying. You'll be all right. Uh, can't you understand? I want to be with Mark. Tell him how sorry I am. Wind's just about gone, Sailor. Let's go see all those pretty places we were going to see. Huh? Maybe we ought to stay around for a while. Maybe the hurricane will start up all over again. No, it never does. Let's go. I think we ought to wait. Come on. Give me a hand with this stuff. Wait. Come on, I said. <laughs> Look at it, baby. How much do you think there is there? I wouldn't know. It would be enough for what we want it for. That's a happy sound, huh? Wait a minute. Well, 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 what do you know? Look what the storm blew in. Slate. Slate Shannon, trying to be quiet as a Mars. You're clumsy, Mr. Shannon. Try it with your hands in the air. You all right, sailor? Yeah, she's fine. I'm going to have to tell you something, Mr. Shannon. You're going to have to die. I'm going to have to kill you. Let him be, Wit. Just let him be. I asked you something, sailor. I asked you if you're all right. You didn't tell me. Slate, don't come near me. He'll kill you. No, you're wrong. I won't kill him. You'll kill him. You're fond of me, remember? Here, take my gun. Go on, take it. That's right. Now shoot him. You're not a very bright college boy, are you, Wit? Phi Beta Kappa. Don't point the gun at me, point it at him. Go ahead, shoot him. Don't come any closer. Sailor, let him have it. I warned you, Wit. You aren't really fond of me at all, Sailor. Stay where you are, Mr. Shannon. This other gun, Joe's gun, is loaded. All the bullets in the gun Sailor's holding are in Joe. What do you do with us now? Kill us both? Only you. Slate. You tried, Sailor. Pick up that sailcloth with the coins in it. Pick it up, Shannon. That's right. Might as well lead a short and useful life. Now carry it over to the boat. Show them the way, Sailor. That's right. You get your feet wet, but it won't matter. What are you going to do with all this money? Convert it into coin of the realm, then live. 
sailor helped me plan the whole thing. Dry him off first, Why Why you? Watch it, sailor. I'll tell you. Start holding your breath, wet. What do you know? Short-winded. Slate, you'll kill him. Don't suggest anything, sailor. Let him up. See? I let him up. He's breathing, too. Maybe they'll put a stop to that in Havana. sailor it's pretty piece of eight we go on a treasure hunt and we come up with one crummy piece of eight <laughs> mrs Bryan said you could take all you wanted well, this is all i wanted flip it what for well it's night i want to go for a walk on the beach you never want to take me all right heads i'll take you tails i won't tails i won't Two out of three, Slate. Oh. Tails again. Sailor. Uh-huh. Three out of five. Isn't that the way we play it? And so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in Bold Venture. Bold Venture. And the Spanish gold. Now for all you soap opera fans, it's Bob and Ray, one fellow's family. Now instead of the Rose Bowl game, we bring you one fellow's family. Today's episode entitled Afternoon Events is taken from Book 5, Chapter IX, Page 12 and the Forward. As we're looking on the family, the afternoon events. Sadie? Yes? Did you see another red checker man? I seem to be one short here. No, of course, I've never played those checkers. You probably have dropped it somewhere. Well, couldn't you improvise? You could put something down there. Cookie, maybe. Chocolate mint. Well, it should be a red cookie. Do you have any red cookies? You don't have red cookies. Do you have any red mitts? Cinnamon would do. Sometimes you exasperate me. There you sit, playing that game all by yourself. Yes, you well, always win. Yes. Well, one way or the other, Sandy. Well, I Either know. I win or my opponent, who is me, wins. Well, I know, but what fun is there in that? Yes, I try to outwit myself. Do you succeed? Seldom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's encouraging. Well, ever since Jack's news, the house has been quite the same. 
I say ever since Jack's doors, the house hasn't been quite the same. But I'm trying to write a note. If you want to talk to yourself, well, why don't you go to another room or at least don't expect an answer? Who are you writing the note to, Fanny? The daughter. Claudia? Yes. Where is she now? India. In India? Yes. Where did she go over there? Oh, that's for three years ago. Yes. Oh, you I told about it, Fanny? Well, of course you said goodbye. Yes. Some sort of foolishness this is. Instead of the Rose Bowl game, we have brought you One Fella's Family. Today's episode, entitled Afternoon Event, was taken from Book 5, Chapter IX, page 12 in the foreword. One Fellow's Family is written and produced by T. Wilson Messy. This is a Messy production. Growl. Now it's time for Groucho Marx. You bet your life. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is floor. F-L-O-O-R. Really? You bet your life. More than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life, a comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one, the only... Let's not go overboard. It's only me. Well, here I am again with $1,000 for one of our couples tonight. Uh, Mr. Fenneman, who's first to try for the $1,000? We invited some wives of college professors to the program tonight, and just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Mrs. Dorothy Robbins. Her partner is a memory expert, Mr. David Roth. And here they are. Folks, come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, folks. Welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Mrs. Uh, Robbins, huh? you're the college professor's wife, eh? Yes, I am. Uh, where are you from? Uh... I was born in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I admire this audience. That's the first time anybody's mentioned Brooklyn without the whole audience going into hysterics. I'm surprised, too. I'm, I'm surprised and gratified, too. This must be a very high-class audience. <laughs> You're from Brooklyn, huh? I'll call you Dorothy, huh? Fine. And I'm you can sure. call me Dorothy, too. <laughs> how long have you been married, Mrs. Robbins? Seventeen years. Uh, how, has it been happy all along? Oh, uh, yes. Been very, and what college is your husband a professor? At UCLA. What subject does your husband teach? Uh, business administration. I see. And uh, is he good at it? I think so. Mm-hmm. Does he ever advise you about your uh, checkbook at the end of the month? Or? Well, uh, he tries to organize me. And uh, has he been very successful? Or? Well, uh, when I'm organized, I can't find things. <laughs> well, that must make it very pleasant around the house, huh? Uh, Mr. David Roth, uh, I'll just call you Dave, huh? Correct. You can call me Dorothy. Now, let's see. Uh, <laughs> what is it you do, Mr. Roth? Why, I'm a memory expert. Oh, oh yes, I forgot. Uh... <laughs> where, where are you from, Mr. Roth? Well, I was born in Milwaukee. Uh-huh. Well, no wonder you're a memory expert. Anything from Milwaukee is bound to have a head on it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you married? Oh, yes. Any children? 
one. Well, you are a memory expert, all right. You remember everything, don't you? <laughs> how, how old are you, Mr. Roth? Oh, I'm past 50. <laughs> oh, when did you pass it, Mr. Roth? <laughs> and how fast were you going? Pretty fast. How much uh, past 50? Well, quite a bit. My wife, rather, I wouldn't tell my age. Would you tell your wife's age? No, I wouldn't dare to do that. <laughs> and you're the, pro you're the professor's wife, That's aren't you, right, Dorothy? Yes. Mm -hmm. My memory is improving already, mm -hmm. isn't it? <laughs> and all it took was a short conversation with Mr. Uh, what was your... What did you say your name was? <laughs> what did you say your name was? Oh, uh, Roth. Roth. My eyes are not what they used to be. I don't remember anything very well. I thought I reckoned... You were the fellow who was here a minute ago, weren't you, Mr. Roth? <laughs> Now, uh, tell me, Mr. Oglethorpe, how did you happen to become a memory expert uh, when you were a little boy? Was it your ambition to become an elephant? No, I'll tell you. I was a boy in high school in Cincinnati. You and were a I, boy in high school? A boy in high well, school. Well, I'm sure of it. Huh? And I was about 15 years... Were you ever a girl in high school, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> and I was about 15 years of age, and I found that my memory wasn't any good. So I tried to devise a method so I could at least pass my examination. And that's how I got to be a memory expert. I see. You know, I devised a method to help pass examinations, too. But, uh, they threw me out of school for it. <laughs> I, was, I was the West Point of my time. Now, in just one minute, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $1,000 question. But right now, I want you to pay attention to something real important. In one amazing test after another, DeSoto's superior performance has been proved again and again. In the famous waterproof ignition test, a new DeSoto is driven at higher than usual speed through a water-flooded street. Water is allowed to splash right up over the engine, reaching almost every part of the ignition system. Yet the new DeSoto keeps right on running without missing a beat. To you, Waterproof ignition means your new DeSoto will start in even the wettest weather. And what a ride DeSoto gives you. The famous DeSoto road tests have proved that DeSoto's Auroflow shock absorbers give the smoothest ride ever known. Why, the bumps just melt right out from under you. And DeSoto's sensational blowout tests have proved the value of safety rim wheels. With an ordinary car, a blowout may cause the tire to leave the rim and may throw the car out of control. But with DeSoto's amazing safety rim wheel, special protective ridges hold the tire securely on the rim and allow the driver to bring the new DeSoto to a sure, safe stop. Yes, friends, in one amazing test after another, DeSoto's superior performance has been proved again and again with waterproof ignition, Auroflow shock absorbers, safety rim wheels, and a host of other exciting features. See it now at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. All right, now let's see how well you work together as a team. Uh, George, would you mind explaining the rules? Uh, here are the rules. You bet as much of your $20 as you want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $1,000 question later in the show. All right, here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected capital cities of the world. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 are you going to bet? 15. 15. 15. What is the capital city of Denmark? Copenhagen. Copenhagen, Copenhagen is right. 
Well, you're on your way. You have $35. Remember, you're going for $1,000 tonight. How much of the $35 you're going to bet on your second question? $30. $30? Uh, what is the capital city of Bolivia? We're stuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's La Paz, or La Paz, yeah, uh, L-A, <laughs> capital P-A-Z. That's a tough one. I, that's too bad. How much have they got now? You dropped down to five dollars. Oh, well, that's a shame. Here's your third question. How much of the five dollars you're going to risk now? We bet four. Four. Four dollars. All right. What is the capital city of Poland? Uh, Warsaw. Warsaw is right. Please. <laughs> Right, on your way again, you have nine dollars. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the nine dollars are you going to risk? Well, all of it. All of it, all right. All Shoot the it. works. Uh, what is the capital city of Argentina? Um, Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires is right. And you lined up with a grand total of eighteen dollars. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected some new parents to be on the show tonight, Groucho. And here they are, Alexander Podgorny of the United States Navy and Mrs. Podgorny. Come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, kids, for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the secret word and win $100. It's a common word, something you find around the house. Barbara and Alexander Podgorny, huh? Yes, that's right. Uh, that's a kind of a curious name. Uh, what is the uh, what is, kind of a name is that, uh, Alex? It's a Polish name, sir. Polish? Yes, sir. Oh, are you in the Polish Navy? <laughs> <laughs> afraid I'm not, sir. No. Well, don't be afraid. You ought to be very happy that you're not. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is your f- first name, uh, Mrs. Podgorny? Barbara. Barbara? Yeah. Well, that's a lovely name, and you're a very attractive you. girl. And you're a very lucky Pole. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. How old are you, uh, Alex? I'm 28, sir. 28. And uh, how old is your baby? He's four months today. Alex is four months today? <laughs> <laughs> no, our baby is. Oh, well, where are you from, Barbara? I'm from Corpus Christi, Texas. Where? Corpus Christi, Texas. Texas, huh? Oh. <laughs> there they are, the people from Brooklyn again. <laughs> uh, how, how old are you, uh, Alex? I'm 28, sir. 28, huh? And your, your, uh, is your name Mr. Roth, uh, did you say? No, it is What did you say your name was? I'm Barbara Podgorny. Oh, Barbara Podgorny. You're Mr. Roth, huh? <laughs> <laughs> How do you like being married to a sailor, Barbara? Is he, is he gobs of fun? Yes, he is. He, he really is. Is he? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a girl in every port? No, he doesn't. How do you know he hasn't got any other girls? Well, he's land-based Oh, he's land-based? Yes, he is He he doesn't go to sea He doesn't go to sea who? (laughs) That's kind of an incomplete statement, isn't it? No, what I mean is he's stationed up at Point Magoo Well, where is Point where? Point Magoo Point Magoo? Yes (laughs) Is that anything like Fibber Magoo and Molly? No. But what is a Point Magoo? I don't understand this, huh? Point Magoo is the Naval Air Missile Test Center. Well, uh, where is uh, Point Magoo? It's about 60 miles up the coast, I believe. Your husband is at Point Magoo, 60 miles up the coast? Yes, he is. Well, who is this imposter? (laughs) (laughs) That's my husband. (laughs) Why are you stationed at at, uh, Point Magoo, uh... 
What is that? Uh, Point Magoo's a Naval Air Missile Test Center is... It's the... What's uh, a, what do you mean, a missile? Is that anything like mistletoe? <laughs> <laughs> mistletoe is something you kiss a girl under. Not me. I kiss a girl under her nose. <laughs> Some of those noses look like Point Magoo, too. <laughs> Tell me something about these guided missiles, will you? How, how do they work, Alex? Well, well it's an experimental state, or experimental and testing of guided missiles is what it is, sir. And outside of that, it's restricted. There's nothing more, much more I can tell you. This is, this is top, top secret stuff? Yes, yes, it is. You're not sir. allowed to disclose anything? Nothing at all, sir. In other words, it's none of my business, is that right? That's right, absolutely. You'll thank me to keep my nose out of it. <laughs> Well, it may interest you to know that I can tell you plenty about guided missiles. I used to be one. You used to be one. I was the first man ever shot out of a cannon. I was doing fine, too, until I got a swell head. Where were we? Oh, yes. Uh, tell me, Mr. Roth. Uh, uh, no. Uh, Mr. Podgorny, uh, we were talking about your new baby. It happens we weren't, but it's time we did, don't you think? Uh, what is this uh, little youngster's name? His name is Russell Anthony Podgorny. Well, that's a fine, fine name. There's a lot of eloquence to it, huh? Well, it's a wonderful thing having a new baby. Right now, I'd give anything to be in your shoes. You know why? No, I don't. I've got a nail in mine. <laughs> Well, now that you have a baby, uh, do you get more money from the Navy, uh, Alex? Uh, no, I don't, sir. Uh, you have to have two or more children before you get any additional allowances. Is that so? You mean the Navy doesn't give a toot for one baby, eh? <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. Isn't there anything you can do about it? No, sir. You could file a complaint with the Secretary of the Navy, couldn't you? I'm afraid he wouldn't get it. Does uh, Alex uh, ever bother to amuse the baby? Oh, yes, he does quite a lot. Could you show us how he amuses the baby? <laughs> well, he'll go, boodly, 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 or... Look here now. Just as well if you don't have another kid. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but ser seriously, Barbara, as the uh, MC say, uh, does this really amuse the baby? Boodly, boodly, boodly. Oh yes, he just coos and laughs. And this is what he does. Would uh, yes, you does. show us how you do it? Alex? <laughs> <laughs> But you do do it to the baby, eh? Yes, I do. Well, Alex, it may amuse the baby now, but in 10 years, that boy's going to be worried about his own man. <laughs> well, you're a wonderful uh, representative young American couple, and I think the United States Navy and America can be proud of kids like you, too. Thank you. And I'm sure you'll go far. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. I'm sure you'll go even further than Point Magoo, you two. <laughs> we hope to. You may even have to go to your DeSoto Plymouth dealer. No. <laughs> and you won't uh, make any mistake if you go there. Do I sound like Godfrey? <laughs> <laughs> I have some tea here that I would like to dip in. <laughs>
Now you're going to play. They eat and drink on that show. I get nothing. Did you ever try to eat at a soda or a Plymouth? <laughs> They're wonderful writing qualities, but you cannot eat anything on there except an occasional inner tube. <laughs> All right, now you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $1,000 question. You run your $20 into more than there are other couples. I can't tell you how much you have to win, but Mr. Fenneman is going to remind our listeners. The professor's wife and the memory expert won $18. Here we go. Let's see how high you can build your $20. You selected instruments played by orchestra leaders. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? What do you think? How much are you going to bet? Thirteen. Thirteen on a dead man's chest, huh? <laughs> All right. What instrument is Carmen Caballero played? Piano, sir. The piano is correct. Well, you're off to a good start. You have $33. Remember, you're going for $1,000 tonight. Now, how much of the 33 are you going to bet this time? 30. 30. 30. What <laughs> instrument does Xavier Cugar play? Violin. Sir. Violin is right. <laughs> you now have $63. And here's your third question. How much are you going to bet this time? Okay. 62, sir. 62. Yeah. 62. What instrument does Freddie Martin play? Talk it over. I don't know. Take a guess if you don't know. I believe it's a piano, sir. No, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a saxophone. <laughs> you should have known that. I thought it was some that. kind of a horn, but I didn't know Don't what you kind kids of it go, was. I'm sure you've gone to dance halls and stuff. We've danced Freddie Freddie Martin. Martin. We sure have. It's a shame you well, don't have one. You know, what was a, you know what was the trouble, don't you? You two were watching each other instead of the orchestra leader. <laughs> oh. Now you're down to a dollar. Yes. It's a good oh. thing you haven't got that second kid. <laughs> <laughs> but the Navy is still pretty steady pay, isn't it? Yes, it is. All right. Now, you, how much are you going to bet? We'll bet the dollar. You've got to, you're going to bet the whole dollar? Right. <laughs> you lose this, you can dive through a porthole. Eh? <laughs> All right. What instrument does Woody Hyman play? Clarinet. Clarinet is right. Oh, <laughs> Russia, uh, you only won $2. Uh... I'll give you one question on. If you get it right, you win $10. Think hard now. No help from the audience. You ready? Yes, sir. Who is buried in Grand's tomb? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be Grant. <laughs> General Grant is right. <laughs> Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected a wrestling referee and a woman who works in a candy factory. And here they come, Mrs. Betty Whitener and Mr. Mike Ruby. Make Folks, come in mind, here man. and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to You Bet Your Life. Say the sacred word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Uh, Betty uh, Whitner? Whitener. Whitener, huh? And uh, Mike Ruby, huh? Where, uh, where are you from, uh, Mrs. Uh, Whitener? I'm from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, just below Lookout Mountain. <laughs> There's those people from Brooklyn again. Huh? <laughs> You're from Lookout Mountain, eh? And what do you look out for while you're up there, Betty? Well, <laughs> uh, on a clear day, you can look out over the mountain and see uh, seven states. Mm -hmm. And it's a very famous uh, You know what place. seven states you can see? Uh? Well, Georgia and Alabama and, and uh, Kentucky, and uh, I can't think of the rest of them right now. Well, you're probably only one halfway up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you do, Mrs. Whitener? Besides spying on seven states. I um, work for Alpha Fresh McFarlane. 
Well, have you complained to your husband? <laughs> what do you mean, awful fresh? What's the matter with him? Well, he's... He's uh, not fresh, but his candy is. Oh, I see. That's the, that's the name of the candy. I offer that's fresh right. candy. I see. That's, that's rather clever, isn't it, huh? Are you there? <laughs> well, uh, just how fresh is it? Is about if I bit into a maraschino cherry, uh, would it squite me in the eye or something? Well, it's liable to because they break down after a certain length of time and it's liable yeah, to. Yeah, well, who doesn't, huh? <laughs> Mrs. Widener. <laughs> Let's not become nostalgic here, eh? What is your job at this fudge foundry? I'm a dipper. What do you mean you're a dipper? I dip in chocolate. You must be an awful mess when you get home at night. Well, how did they get the nuts and the peanut brittle? I, that's always puzzled me. Well, uh, the candy maker that makes the uh, peanut brittle, he goes out to the nut house and... Uh, <laughs> and he gets uh, the nuts and uh, he brings it back in and uh, they have to weigh all their ingredients. Then he takes the syrup and the glucose and the sugar and all the ingredients that he puts into it. Well, is it easy to get somebody out of the nut house and... <laughs> You're a, a Mike Ruby, you're a wrestling referee. <laughs> That's right. What, what's necessary to be a referee, a wrestling referee? I've been watching it on television. Uh, first, you have to go down to the State Athletic Commission and get now, ju a... Wait just a moment. You're not going to stand there and tell me that wrestling is considered an athletic event. Well, yes, it is. It's supervised by the... Oh, I guess ever since they've had an athletic commission in the state of California. Is that so? I would think the Screen Actors Guild had more to do with that. <laughs> Uh, don't take a slug at me. Uh, I may come back with some peanut, but how do you get a license? Uh, is your name Mr. Roth? Uh, did you say? Mike Ruby. Oh, Mike Ruby. Uh, do, do you have to get a license? Do you have to prove that you can't see two feet without your glasses? No, you have to take a uh, very rigid physical and written examination to get a license. I've seen a lot of wrestling on television, and I have a question. How is it all I ever see is the referee bending over when I watch a wrestling match? Well, you know, uh, you fellas could make a fortune selling advertising. <laughs> There's one thing I've been avoiding, and I wish you'd give me a frank answer. Is, is wrestling really honest? Sure. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not a six-year-old child, you know. What, make, what makes you think it's honest? Well, I'm a former wrestler myself. And you regard that as, as evidence? <laughs> You better be careful, you throw a hammerlock on me. <laughs> if you'd care to make a statement about wrestling, you can go right ahead and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quiet. I promise. Well, uh, I'll admit there are some crooked athletes in the wrestling game, but uh, I don't think there's any more crooked men engaged in the wrestling game than in any other sport or occupation or... In other words, what goes on in your wrestling... <laughs> In other words, what goes on in your wrestling arena is honest, fair, and above reproach. Is that it? Uh? Sure. That's well, right. in that case, I own the crookedest television set in this town. 
Well, it's been, it's been most enlightening talking to you two, and next time I bite into a chocolate cream, I won't be surprised if, if I find gorgeous George in there. <laughs> now you're gonna, uh, you're gonna play your bet your life. You beat our other couples, and you'll get a chance at the $1,000 question. Can't tell you how much you have to win, but gorgeous George is going to remind our listeners. That's Mr. Fenneman I'm referring to. The professor's wife and the memory expert lead with $18. All right, here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected nicknames of sports immortals. Is that right? That's right. Or immortal sports. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? Fifteen. Fifteen. Who is known as the Sultan of Swat? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is right. You have $35. Remember, you're going for $1,000 tonight. How much of the 35 are you going to bet on your second? Mm, Thirty-two and a half. Uh, what tennis player was known as Little Miss Poker Face? Take a guess if you don't know. Helen Wills. Helen Wills Moody is right. You now have $67.50. And here's your third question. How much of the $67.55 are you going to bet? 50. 50. $65. $65. You? Yes. All right. What French, what French boxer was known as the Orchid Man? Gorgeous George's Carpentier. Carpentier is right. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that I knew the incorrect pronunciation, huh? And here's your last chance to uh, beat the other couples. How much have they got? I think they have $132.50. How much are you going to go for? Shoot it. Shoot it? Huh? Yes. Okay. This is the last question? This is the coup de grace. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Who is known as the galloping ghost? Red Grange. Red Grange is right. I'll give him a big kiss. He answered all those questions. A grand total of $265. And that means that the referee and the chocolate dipper with $265 in just one minute get a chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $1,000 question. <laughs> Folks, one thing you can always count on is expert attention for your car when you take it to a DeSoto Plymouth dealer. No matter what service your car may need, whether it's an engine tune-up, a winter checkup, or just a simple lubrication job, your DeSoto Plymouth dealer has the equipment to do it right. And he has the master technicians who know how to use that equipment, too. Yes, your DeSoto Plymouth dealer is the man to see when your car needs service of any kind. And he has complete paint facilities, too, to give you a top job, whether your car needs an overall paint job or a touch-up to prevent rust and corrosion in the bad weather driving ahead. So, if you want to put your car in top running condition at a price that's fair, take it where you see the famous sign of better service, the friendly sign of a DeSoto Plymouth dealer. And here comes the chocolate dipper and the referee all set for the DeSoto Plymouth $1,000 question. Uh, Betty and Mike, here's a chance to really wiggle yourself into some real big money now. Here we go for $1,000. I give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully and please no help from the audience. Here it is. It's a tough one. In 1947, the ECA, or Marshall Plan, came into being to help the peoples of Europe. For $1,000, tell me, what do the letters ECA stand for? 
And I want you to tell me exactly. Now think it over. You got 15 seconds. All right, kids, take a stab. What do you say? It's got to be precise now. European Cooperative Association, but that's not it. Well, you were flirting with it. It's it's a tough question. I didn't know it either. It's it's Economic Cooperation Administration. I'm sorry. And our source is the Encyclopedia Americana. That's the correct answer. Anyhow, they won how much? Uh... $265 $265 in the quiz. Well, that's not too bad. That means the big question next week will be worth $1,500. Congratulations and thanks to both of you and to all of our contestants on the show tonight. Thank you. Good night, be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at the same time for the Groucho Mark Show when the big question will be worth And don't miss Groucho's television show, also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember... Just be sure to visit your DeSoto Plymouth dealer! Folks... Here's a reminder that when you contribute to the United Red Feather campaign this month, you contribute to many campaigns in one. Yes, to the community health and welfare services of most cities have been added the national services of the United Defense Fund. So remember, give the United Red Feather way. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell, directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith, music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old-time radio. I hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan thanking you for listening.